Just a minute. I'm coming. FBI, open up! Just a minute. Hello, everybody. This is Legal Man. Welcome to the show. This is going to be a good episode. I'm going to tell people about the Articles of Confederation and the Constitution, how they're different, and why they're always lied to and confused and bamboozled to keep them in this tax plantation called the United States. And for people who don't know me, I'm a lawyer, practiced for more than 30 years. I'm America's most trusted and beloved lawyer because I tell people the truth like this, as opposed to the constitutional conservatives and media who just lie to you endlessly and get fantastically rewarded. <laughs> I'm also a self-certified master practitioner. I gave myself that award almost 20 years ago now. It's a long time ago. But I look back and I think, yeah, I definitely earned that award. I should probably give myself some follow-on award. <laughs> Lifetime achievement. <laughs> okay, show runs a little over, so let's go ahead and get it started. So I'm going to make a show today about the Constitution, the Holy Constitution. People are so brainwashed about the Constitution. They genuinely think that it is the greatest system of government ever put together, the most brilliantly conceived, on and on and on. They take it as a point of pride that it's ours and all this other shit. They make movies about it and everyone runs around saying they're going to defend it. It's... Ah, uh, there's so much confusion around it, just fundamental confusion around it. And the vast majority of people who love it and pretend that it's fantastic and imagine that it does all this incredible shit to keep us free and protect liberty and everything else, their understanding of it is basically limited to kind of a 1950s civics class, which is basically just morphed into what's called the constitutional conservatives out in media who who write books and have radio shows and TV shows where they just push this fairy tale about the Constitution and the founders and the idea that we fought this big war for freedom and we got our liberty and now we have the vote and all these protections and all this shit. Even though most of the time they're discussing it, they're talking about it in, in the context of the fact that the Constitution is supposedly being violated by the so-called liberals, that our rights are being trampled on and that it's being ignored. That's how it's mostly discussed. It's, it's almost never discussed uh, as a way to point out all the fantastic freedom we have. Those are very general, that we're super free, that we get to vote. And then they compare it uh, to other countries. They use the kind of bestest, best prison around argument, pointing to places that are even more totalitarian and imagine that the Constitution is the reason for it. There's many, many historical reasons for why we are in this situation. They don't have anything to do with the stupid Constitution. Not, none whatsoever, because if they did, then we never could have had a civil war because the civil war uh, broke whatever the Constitution was. See, it's impossible to hold a voluntary union together with a war. It doesn't matter what the wars fought over. By definition, the union is no longer voluntary. <laughs> the people voted. They formed a new country. They left. The government said you can't do it. They went down. They killed everybody, destroyed all their shit, and forced them back in. I'm sorry, but whatever the Constitution was, died in 1861. So to continue to talk about it, silly anyway. But the more fundamental problem with the entire analysis, if there can even be something more fundamental, is a discussion of what the Constitution was and what it replaced. And and the Revolutionary War and the Constitution, that's how it's taught. Revolutionary War led to the Constitution. That's how it's taught over and over. That's how people talk about it. And I even get people all the time who are defending the Constitution. They tell me what a fantastic document it is. They tell me all the freedom it creates. 
and all the fantastic things it does. And I ask for examples. And most of the time, people give me quotations from the Declaration of Independence, not the Constitution. <laughs> That's how muddled and confused the entire concept is in people's minds. See, the constitutional conservatives tie those two documents together, Declaration of Independence and Constitution. Those are the so-called founding documents. They're completely contradictory. They have nothing to do with each other. One says you've got to throw the government off. The other one creates the government. And in fact, it creates the insane, gigantic, tyrannous government you can see everywhere that tells you how much water can flush in your toilet and can simply fine companies $14,000 if they don't institute a mandated jab, which has never even been tested, which they can require, <laughs> which they bought for everybody <laughs> with your money. It's insane. It's stupid. The Declaration of Independence, the concept in, in there is that if the government sucks, you can overthrow it with violence. Well, you're not allowed to discuss that. You're not allowed to discuss that. That's outlawed. So to say that the Declaration of Independence is one of our founding documents and somehow has any possible legal effect at this point is silly. It's 100% and totally illegal to discuss doing what the Declaration of Independence discusses. It's illegal. And people can only talk about it in general terms. As soon as they don't, as soon as it gets specific, then that's it. They would just simply come and arrest you. And so the constitutional conservatives have muddied all this up. When the war was fought, and I'm not even going to get into why it was fought and all the different made-up reasons about some minor tea tax and everything else. This place is a land scam when it was founded. That's all. The king cut off any possible progress beyond the Appalachian Mountains, and that meant there was no more land to go get, and that was it. That's when it started happening. That was in the 1760s, and as soon as that happened, they started fomenting issues with regards to getting a war going. And that was all done by the rich people because the rich people had the access to the land. And some of the other people who weren't rich wanted access to free land. For all practical purposes, you could just go out there and take it from people who were living in the Stone Ages in relative freedom and peace. That's why if you left and went and lived with the Indians, <laughs> it was a crime in most of these colonies. Why? Because they can't have the people defecting out and finding out the system they're operating under sucks. And so they had to impose it. So even that alone tells you that this idea of freedom, it's all silly and it's just made up nonsense. It's just made up nonsense that's built into people because they're brainwashed about it night and day. But let's, let's talk about the fact that once the war is won, I'm not going to talk about how it was won, the Declaration of Independence, and it's basically just a... Uh, a promotional piece of material to try to get the French and the German types of peoples to give us some money and, and some soldiers. That's all it was really about. But it doesn't matter. Are we fighting the war to get the Constitution? Is that what we're doing? Are the people all fired up for a Constitution? No, the Constitution has never even been written. It's years and years from being written, more than a decade away from being written. So nobody knows anything about a Constitution. There's no plan. The plan was to get rid of the king and his tyranny so we could all move west. That was the plan. That's what they did. There was no other plan. So when people object all the time, well, what's your plan if we get rid of it? Uh, the first plan is you get rid of the tyranny. Like any other triage, you stop the damage. And the damage is being done by the giant federal government, which has no actual consent of the people because they're never given the option to secede, ever. Secession needs to be on every ballot, every single election. That's what the consent of the people would look like. But it doesn't matter because you go back and you look at the history of it and you say, okay, were they fighting for the Constitution? No. When the war was over, was the Constitution enacted? No. 
<laughs> it wasn't. We got the Articles of Confederation, and they teach them in this very vague way so that it sounds like they were basically a constitution, kind of constitution light, and, and the states were having so many problems. We had to have a constitution. Okay, It was clamoring for a constitution. There's clamoring for a constitution like there's clamoring for a vax mandate. That's what there's clamoring for. <laughs> there's no evidence whatsoever for any of that. And in fact, Constitutional Convention uh, grossly exceeded its legal authority and people walked out because of it. And Patrick Henry refused to even participate because of it. Everybody knew they did not have the legal authority to go in there and write a new constitution. They wrote it in secret. None of the notes were released for decades and decades and decades. See, none of this shit is in any way realistic with consent or freedom or anything else. But then we got the Constitution. And what is the difference between the Constitution and the Articles of Confederation? What is the difference? Most people, you ask them that, they have no fucking clue. None. Because they're so tied together. Declaration of Independence, War and Revolution, Constitution. The other shit's left out. <laughs> and it's Constitution's a freedom machine. That's all they know about it. The Articles of Confederation worked. See, they worked to keep the federal government in check. They worked to keep the the states themselves in control of the situation. And that's why the Articles of Confederation had to go. That's why all the super rich people got together and made sure that we got rid of the Articles of Confederation while there was still a chance to do that, while there was still enough sort of throw weight from the so-called revolution and people like Washington, who was still kind of a hero to a lot of people. They knew that if they didn't do it soon, that the opportunity to create a nation, so-called, was going to slip through their fingers. Because people don't want it. They want independence. Those people wanted small local governments. So we got the Constitution. How is it actually different? How is it actually different from the Articles of Confederation? <laughs> right? All you hear about is how we need it. Oh, because the states were fighting. Oh, had to have a way to resolve disputes and all this other shit. Who wouldn't trade states fighting right now on some minor trade issues for the insanity we currently have? Everybody would trade in a heartbeat, okay? So the main differences were that, first off, any major thing that the states agreed to under the Articles of Confederation, it had to be unanimous. You could not make any major changes unless all the states agreed. Think how different this country would be if every state had to agree to any major change. Never would have gotten Obamacare. Never would have gotten 90% of the legislation we have now. Never would have happened. Maybe more, 95%, 100%, who knows, 99%. And the states themselves each got the same number of votes. I think they each got two votes. That's it. It didn't matter how big your state was and how many people were in it because it was about federalism. It was about the fact that the states themselves are sovereign. Those were the government. They were joining into this confederation uh, for their own benefit, for the benefit of the states, for some protection and some other things. And so it didn't matter how many people were in there. And, of course, when we got the Constitution, they made a bow to it with the Senate. And so they created those two different kinds of houses where you have population and you have the states. Okay, well, we don't need the population. We only needed the states. And then, of course, they blew that up in the early 20th century with another set of scams and everything else when they changed the way the Senate was elected. The Senate used to simply be nominated out by the legislatures in each one of the states. And that way, the senators actually represented the states. And if they didn't like them, they would just withdraw the senator. They could just pull him. And they just put someone else in. 
But now the Senate races are fantastically corrupt. And the senators, if you just look at the red versus blue maps that are after each election, you see the country's mostly red. But the senators in those red states often vote blue because they're totally corrupt, because they aren't actually elected by the state legislatures, and they don't actually reflect what the people in the state want. Those two things were huge. And it was also, on top of that, anything that passed didn't just require unanimity all the time. You could also pass minor stuff, but I think it required either two-thirds or three-quarters of the states to agree to the minor legislation. (laughs) Think about that. Again, if you had to get three-quarters of the states, that's like trying to get a constitutional amendment now. It's not going to happen. You're never going to get it. You're never going to get voting like that. The Senate is always the same. If you get 60 uh, senators kind of voting in favor of something and 40 against because there's 100 in there, that's huge support. See, that's huge support. (laughs) But it wasn't sufficient to pass anything under the Articles of Confederation. Nothing at all. And so, again, if you just look at the structure, that works. And then there was two other things that made a huge difference. One, the central government didn't have any authority to tax whatsoever. None. All they could do was ask the states for contributions in a sort of pro rata proportionate amount. Ask. And then the states either gave them the money or didn't, or gave them some portion of the money if they thought the whole idea sucked or wasn't being managed well. Again, think how much of a difference this place would be if we had that. If the federal government couldn't just tax you, they couldn't just drain the states out and then only agree to give it back if the states agree to do these other things. <laughs> See, it's set up. It's a complete tyranny. It's an insane tyranny that can never work. The federal government can never have the authority to delay and collect taxes like that. It can't work. That's all. Certainly not against individuals in each state. That's absurd. And I'm not even going to get into the fact that it, the income tax isn't a tax on your income. It's a tax on your wage, and there's a huge difference. I'm just saying, look at the difference in the Articles of Confederation. Federal government had to ask. That's it. They had to ask. <laughs> I think how different the world would be. And then the final thing that was really the major difference was that there was no Supreme Court, no justice system set up. Uh, so that they they can resolve disputes. And even if you want to argue that they might have the ability or the need to resolve disputes between states with a court, it should have just been limited to resolution of issues that the different states are actually debating, and the states themselves should have had to have agreed to submit it to the Supreme Court of the federal government. If you had a system like that, then that would be fine, and everybody would know it doesn't become the law of the land. It's simply a way to settle a dispute between the states. If you had that, that'd be fine. But instead, look what you have. They've created this government panel, an absurd government panel made up of an unknown number of people that you have absolutely nothing to say about, who supposedly sit for life, which the Constitution doesn't even say. It says good behavior. But now they just sit until their 80s and 90s on medications and everything else. And now, apparently, all they have to do is come out, cobble together five crooked people to say something in an opinion. doesn't matter how untethered it is to any reality. They say it and that's it. Now we're all told that this is the so-called law of the land and we must obey it. Think how divisive that court is. Think how many different things are instituted through the court and nobody would ever agree to it. And it wasn't part of the Articles of Confederations. That was the change. So those things were right there. 
all five of them, think how any one of them, think what a huge difference it would make if the only thing you had up there was states being represented, no House of Representatives, and each state got to simply send its two representatives up from its own legislative branch. If you just had that, that alone would solve most of the problems. If you add into that that you have to get two-thirds or three-quarters agreement of the states, again, virtually every problem we have would go away. If you add on top of that that anything that's major must be unanimous among the states, basically every problem you have from the federal government would be gone. <laughs> if you add in the idea that the federal government can't tax anybody, can only ask for money from the states, again, how many problems would go away? How much division would go away? All these huge spending programs, none of them could exist. See, because the states would never agree. They'd never send the money and the shit would all collapse. See, it would all collapse. And then if you didn't have a Supreme Court purporting to be somehow be the law of the land, that you have to get a constitutional amendment to override from some secret government panel that meets in secret and can dream up anything it wants and nobody can check it. It's idiotic. It's asinine. Nobody would agree to such an arrangement. And that's not what the courts actually does. There's no discussion in there. If you want to, even if you want to read the so-called Federalist Papers, which are just a, a PR campaign for the Constitution, and they're mostly just filled with lies. Anybody can read it and see that none of the shit actually happens. See, the way you, people hear about the Federalist Papers now is that the constitutional conservatives and media and radio bring up the Federalist Papers as examples of why it is that the government's violating the Constitution. <laughs> but nothing happens because there's absolutely no enforcement mechanism. It's just a made-up thing. The anti-Federalist Papers were correct. That's all. The anti-Federalist Papers were correct. And they said we can't have this gigantic government. <laughs> we can't have it. But there you go. I mean, if you just look at the basic issues with regards to the way it's set up and their history and the, and the fake history everybody's taught, if people understand this, just this fundamental structure I've just explained to people, uh, if you were be able to be objective, you'd see that the Constitution is total shit and that the Articles of Confederation worked. And that's why they had to go. But people are so identified with the Constitution. There's so much brainwashing. They can't let go of it. The cognitive dissonance just doesn't let them. It's too painful to imagine that everything they've believed in is a load of shit and that the Constitution is garbage. It doesn't work. And to say that, well, we don't enforce it. I just gave you the very five fundamental differences that are structurally the reason that the Constitution no longer does what people imagine it would do, which is really what the Articles of Confederation would do. <laughs> That's just the reality. There was no Bill of Rights attached to the Articles of Confederation because everybody knew it was unnecessary. See, people were worried the federal government could get out of hand, so they have this ridiculous constitutional uh, amendments called the Bill of Rights attached to it. And that's just a scam, too. The Anti-Federalists said, look, it'll just be misused. What they'll do is, over time, the appearance will be that you don't have the rights unless they're protected by the amendments, which, of course, is not what the Constitution uh, is about. The Constitution is supposed to be a document with express limited powers, meaning that the federal government must first go in and find in the document itself where it has the authority to do something. And that's why something like the Second Amendment is utterly uh, pointless. There's no reason to have it. And the reason we have all these gun restrictions is because we have a Second Amendment and a Supreme Court. <laughs> that's why. Because if you just read the document, the federal government has no authority to regulate guns uh, among citizens of the states. <laughs> None. <laughs> and yet somehow they have the ability to require registration and all these limitations. And you have to get, They have all these things. 
<laughs> Why? Because the Supreme Court misinterprets the Second Amendment. And then what can you do about it? Nothing. You can't do anything about it. That's the way it works. And so to, to imagine that the situation is something different is only exists in people's minds because of literally more than 150 years of brainwashing. But we didn't even have a Department of Justice. So you didn't even have a Department of Justice until after the Civil War. See, the government really couldn't grow until after the Civil War because people were pushing back and they were like, no, this is bullshit. We're going to get out. See, but now you can't leave. Now you can't leave. So they're free to abuse you as much as they want because you're in a prison. And the people who are the biggest supporters of the Civil War are not just the liberals who run around and dream that it was about uh, freeing slaves, which is asinine. But the constitutional conservatives, Lincoln is one of their big heroes. They write endless books about him. Their position makes absolutely no sense with freedom and liberty. None. None whatsoever. You want to go have a war to go down there and free slaves? Go do it. But don't come back and pretend and tell me that you're in a voluntary union now. <laughs> it's asinine. Even Spooner himself, uh, who is the king of all possible limited government, the most brilliant writer. I've still never heard anyone point out how Spooner's wrong about any of this stuff. He was a huge abolitionist. But he was against the war <laughs> because the war was illegal. You can't fight a war to hold a voluntary union together. It doesn't make any sense. Federal government has no authority to declare war on the several states who vote to leave. But see, you can't get that through people's heads now. Brainwash is way, way, way too deep. And now the Constitution has already been amended multiple different ways that have completely and totally screwed what is the original system doesn't even exist anymore. Once you change the way the Senate's elected, it's idiotic. You don't have uh, anything close to a, a republic of states that also has people. The states are powerless. The senators are fully corrupted. And that doesn't even mention the fact that in the 1800, after the 1800 election, they changed the way the president was elected and they created this electoral college crap. And now, uh, instead of having um, the, the person who gets the second most votes be the vice president, they run on these tickets, these corrupt tickets, where both people are just hand-picked scammers. So if you get rid of the president through impeachment, which is the only way to get rid of him, what do you get? Do you get his opponent who would actually go in and clean house? That's the way it was originally set up. That was the so-called check and balance. What do you get now? You get the hand-picked scammer like Kamala Harris to step in. <laughs> How does that solve the problem? It doesn't, see, because the structure of the document was completely fundamentally altered when they changed the way the president was elected, and it's never even discussed. It's, have you ever heard anyone tell you that? Of course not. Right. Because the constitutional conservatives are controlled opposition. Their goal, their purpose of being there, the reason they're so well-funded and make so many millions and millions of dollars brainwashing people is to run out the clock, to keep people who actually want freedom and liberty on this plantation, this voting plantation of scammery under the Constitution. That's it. That's just the reality. And, and I've just proved it in a matter of 20-ish minutes that it's just a, all a scam. See, it's just all a scam, fundamentally. And this doesn't even go into the ideas of the vote and the, the ratification of the Constitution, the fact that the total number of representatives is absurd at this point. If we were going to have the same number of representatives as we basically had before, you would have to have about 40,000 of them up there instead of 435. Because <laughs> the country's so much bigger and women couldn't vote and slaves couldn't vote and almost nobody could vote. And the government wasn't even as big. But I'm just saying if you just wanted to trade them out, just women, slaves, kind of people that couldn't vote, 
you'd need about 40,000 to have what they had originally because the population has grown so much. It's grown so much. See, the, the system doesn't scale, even if it ever could work. It doesn't scale. And I've made shows about that, too. But I just wanted to lay out the case because a lot of people don't understand the Articles of Confederation. A lot of people love on the Constitution because they want the right things. See, they want freedom, liberty, individual rights, states' rights, all these things. But none of those things are possible under the construction of the Constitution that we have. Because what people are told is just simply lies. See, they're lied to about the way we got the Constitution, the differences in the Constitution, and the Articles of Confederation. They're lied about to about the Supreme Court, which only the only thing the Supreme Court can do, only thing it can do, is to bind parties to a case. It has to have subject matter and personal jurisdiction. And if anything about the fantasy we're told about some star chamber of unknown makeup that can come out after secret deliberations and issue an opinion, we're all bound to it. It's a bunch of oracles. If any of that was true, can you imagine how much debate there would have been in the so-called holy federalist papers? Well, there's none in there about that. There's no mention of anything like that. There's no mention about it once the court ruled that the country would be bound, you could only get a constitutional. There's nothing about that because none of that's true. That all came about during the early 19th century and then all the way through and then after the Civil War it was over. See, after the Civil War is all settled because you can no longer leave. So the states, whatever powers they ever had under the Constitution, which were minimal, whatever powers they did have were completely gone. And you can just see what's happened since then. And the people who continue to push it are these constitutional conservatives and media who brainwash people. And they, they make a very nice living for keeping everyone on the plantation. And they laugh their asses off at the fools who support them and buy their books and support their radio and TV shows instead of supporting stuff like my show. <laughs> that tells people the truth. And the reality is most people aren't ready for the truth. They simply can't handle the truth. They're so trauma bonded to the government with intermittent reinforcement and fantasies that they have in their head. And this idea about people dying and fighting and dying for this Constitution crap and, and Nicolas Cage making movies about it, glorifying it at every turn. They just aren't ready for the truth. That's all. They aren't ready for it. So that's it. And the people who support my show, they are ready for it. And I want to Thank the people who support my show and Patreon, because without them, I simply would have stopped making the show a long time ago and would have pulled all of my public shows. That's just the reality. Uh, I get tired of putting information out there and getting grief, and it's just, it's just silly. Why would people think people are going to keep exposing themselves to any kind of risk if they don't get support? This doesn't make any sense. That's the reason constitutional conservatives can speak freely is because what they speak is a total load of bullshit that poses no threat to the system. In fact, is an essential tool in making sure we keep the tyranny locked in. The idea that you're going to vote your way out of this. It's impossible. I've just showed you structurally why it is it doesn't work and why it is the vote doesn't ever actually produce results. I've just showed you structurally. And I gave other examples in my What Can We Do show that I did. But you can see now it doesn't work. So so that's it. That's the whole show. It's all I was going to do. Thought about doing other stuff, but I think that's enough. I think that's enough for one day. Most people's minds who've never heard this stuff are blown at this point anyway. Uh, most people have probably already shut it off because they can't deal with the, uh, the hurtfulness of how I'm not patriotic or some shit. I'm actually the real patriot, and the people who continue to push the Constitution, they're the fake patriots. They're the people who refuse to accept reality. That's all. And so they're screwing their kids and their grandkids and everybody after by wanting to cling on to these fantasies. I've just laid out the case. It's, you're never going to be able to disprove it, just like nobody can disprove Spooner. You can't. 
The only answer is massive decentralization. The only answer. That's what the Articles Confederation had. They had a massively decentralized system, and it worked. And it worked. And it always would work. That's why it had to go. So, so that's it. If you want to follow me, you can. I'm a legal man at U.S. Law Review on Twitter. If you come there just to push the Constitution horse shit on me all the time and want to act like I'm the one who's confused, it's just you're wasting your time. I'll either mute you or block you because you just don't know what you're talking about. That's all. You just don't. You're just repeating 1950s civics class nonsense. <laughs> That's all you're doing. So people can either grow up, become adults, and face the truth, or they can just continue on pretending and running around and acting like they're patriots, uh, supporting these jokers on radio and TV who are screwing the living shit out of you and your kids. It's up to people. So, And the movie Jones Plantation, I'm playing Mr. Jones. It was written by Larkin Rose, Fantastic Liberty Project going to film on January 10th. The movie will be out late spring, kind of early summer next year. Hope people support that project too. And again, thank you for the people in Patreon who support my show. I really appreciate it. I really do. I love having that like-minded people in there. And I put most of my material in there now anyway. So, all right, that's it. I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up now. You guys have been a great audience as usual. Everybody have a nice night or day, wherever you are. Take care. Thank you, everybody. Put your hands together one more time.